Taking a moment to remember Uncle Ray, who sadly passed away last Friday at 98. Uncle Ray was a familiar voice for many of us who grew up in Hong Kong, and he was recognized by the Guinness Book of Records as the world's longest working DJ of a radio career spanning over 60 years. And to remember Uncle Ray, I'm now joined by actor and musician Anders Nelson. Anders, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, my relationship with Ray is actually very different from most of our colleagues at RTHK. I almost became an in-law of Ray's because uh, my first really serious girlfriend um, was his niece. Oh, really? Mm, oh. Yeah. <laughs> So t t t t take us back. Do you remember how you first met Uncle Ray? Uh, yes, it would have been at uh, a, a dinner party at, uh, I think it was at my, my girlfriend's home. Her, her stepmother uh, was Ray's sister, Sister Olga, who eventually immigrated to the States. And I actually visited uh, Olga in um, in the Bay Area of San Francisco uh, must be 25 years ago. Uh, Norma had sadly passed away by that time. She eventually married uh, an American and, and was in that same Bay Area. Um, so at that time, now Ray was uh, a producer of light music, as they called it at RHK. The T didn't come until later and stands for television. So uh, my first uh, band, recording band, was called The Continentals. And Ray would have been the person in charge of going through all the records that came in, vinyl back in that day, uh, stacks of uh, singles, uh, and would audition those and then decide what would go on the playlist. So uh, that's how it worked back in the day. Then in uh, late 60s, he was promoted to uh, head of light music at RHK and uh, was even more so in charge of uh, what was played and what wasn't played. Back in those days, I have to say, the music policy at, uh, at RHK was very sort of easy listening, softer, softer sort of sounds. We used to, um, we used to talk about the, uh, the four P's, which was Pat Boone, P for Pat, uh, Presley, but the sort of softer wooden heart and, you know, that sort of direction, not the real rocker, Patty Page, and the platters, all with these, uh, got a lot of play. And it was the soft, sentimental sort of sound. And a lot of Hong Kong people um, absorbed and learned English by listening to those programs. Because back in the day, most of the singers sang quite correctly instead of mumbling. And they certainly wasn't any swearing, no F-words or, you know, other, other four-letter words, which, to my mind, I, I, I actually don't really like that they're so exposed these days. Call me old-fashioned. You're, you're absolutely right, Anders. I think uh, a lot of the 
Hong Kong people that you speak to will say that they grew up mm. with the music that Uncle Ray played, um, and and yes. man, many of the music that you mentioned just now uh, of, of that generation, and it was such a great way, as you said, to learn English mm. because there was no yeah. swear words, and you're right, mm. they they did speak in a very clear way, they sang in a clear way. It was easy to pick mm. up the, the language. So when you right. met him, um, you really knew who he was. Were you in any way, um, and were you already? In the entertainment industry, when you met him, so you guys well, had a lot in I common. Start, I started very young. I started playing in bands at King George the Fifth School, KG Five, at the age of twelve, oh, wow. which was nineteen fifty-eight. And uh, when I met Ray, he he was, you know, he wasn't the uh, mega DJ that he became. He he was a producer more than DJ. I think he had uh, a weekly jazz program, so we definitely did not fit in with that. But we hit it off because he was also a musician. Um, I'm not sure if a lot of Hong Kong people know that he was actually uh, an excellent drummer back in the day. I did not and know during that. The, Uncle Ray a drummer. The, wow. Yes, absolutely. And in the 50s, he worked at the Hong Kong Bank, HSBC. It yes. was called the Hong Kong Hong that Kong Shanghai Bank. You this know, was in, after in this was after he was a warden in Stanley Prison. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and he apparently hated that sort of desk job. And in the evenings, he and his band um, played in nightclubs. He was he was the band leader and played drums. And eventually, in the 60s, I think in the mid-60s, he actually made a couple of records um, singing. Did you know that? I had no idea. (laughs) Uncle Ray was a singer as well. Yes, he did cover versions of uh, Proud Mary, you know, the Creedence Clearwater song, and uh, Otis Redding's Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Any Beatles? Any Beatles cover? No, I think he did those two songs. It was a, a double A-sided single, as we used to say back in the day. <laughs> I think if you dig into the RTHK library, you might even find them. I think I will actually do that and, yes. and have a check and play maybe one of Uncle Ray's covers as a, as a singer. Right, right. Well. Uh, we hit it off more as fellow musicians because he wasn't really, you know, his his uh, radio show as a DJ was jazz, and we were definitely not into jazz. We were playing the sort of beat sounds of the of the early sixties, and uh, very fortunately, we had a, a manager and mentor who, although she was a jazz singer, her name was Jerry Scott. Um, she did push us to write our own songs. So from a very early age, um, we were encouraged to to play original music. And uh, she set up a record company, an indie record company called Orbit Records, uh, based in Chungking Mansions of all places. (laughs) Very multicultural. very, very multicultural and uh, multi-everything back yeah. in the day. <laughs> in fact, our first paying jobs were in a 
nightclub in the basement of Chongqing Mansions called the Bayside. What? Why was it in yes. Chongqing Mansions? Was it because it was just closer to all the other nightclubs and, and the entertainment um, um, uh, venues? Okay. How many hours have we got? <laughs> Plenty Sorry. of time for you, Anders. Go for it. Yes, I I am very long-winded once you get me started. So you, you'll just have to go, oi, if uh, we're getting way beyond the, the, the time allotted. No, Chongqing Mansions was originally built there was a, a smaller chunking mansions on that plot of land which was torn down and the present building was built uh, by a filipino businessman and this businessman had uh, very strong connections with the old uh, marcos family the ferdinand marcos family not oh. not the present one who got elected last year yeah, not bbm his, his father, father. Oh. Yes, and there were very strong rumors that it was even uh, a money laundering operation. You know, we were oh. told all kinds of gossip back in the day. So he, uh, well, the family uh, took over the entire basement. So it was actually huge. It was a, a big nightclub. And uh, they had uh, wonderful bands, almost anyone you can name from those days, uh, Christine Sampson, Joe Jr., Michael Remedius and the Mystics, almost everyone at some stage played uh, at, at the Bayside. So it's a real sort of, for, um, yeah, stomping grounds, mm, old stomping grounds for, for many famous Hong Kong musicians. Absolutely, yes, mm. yes, it was. And uh, I'm... I'm sure that Ray came down to some of the tea dance sessions. And later on, he started a program called uh, Lucky Dip, which was a request program where on air they would dip into a bag, pull out a name, and it would be Connie Wong wishing her boyfriend Frankie Lee a very happy birthday today with the song by Connie Francis of Frankie, you know. And that developed into a Lucky Dip live show, which took place, I think it was every last Saturday afternoon of every month at the City Hall, um, not the concert hall, not the big one, the theater, the City Hall Theater. So bands would go along and we would play live and Ray would be on stage with the DJ set up, play records uh, in between the, the live bands, and carried on that uh, tradition of picking requests. And, uh, you know, everyone was obsessed with, with getting their particular postcard picked out of the box with a dedication to mother on mother's day or boyfriends girlfriends and so on on valentine's would, day and yeah oh valentine's day don't get me started that would have been the, that would have been you know the pinnacle of request times on radio everybody declaring their love <laughs> very romantic right. songs yeah, now, you know, you have the internet. It's it's like no big deal. But back in the day, to get your name read out on air and to get a dedication, you know, that, that was a big deal. A big deal you yeah. know, it was a... Mm. 
and then we we naturally kept in touch um, with with our band being featured from time to time on on Lucky Dip Live, and then we've been lifelong friends until he sadly passed away. Yeah. So, Anders, did you um, did you ever work with Uncle Ray then, um, and the occasions on 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 different occasions? And what was he like? Well, as you mentioned at the beginning, he was very much into being punctual. You know, you with that, I, I think it's a radio uh, discipline. You know, once the pips go and they beep and the news comes on or the news ends, uh, you have to be there and you have to be on time. So uh, he was extremely disciplined and was so was the whole RTHK team of uh, technicians. You know, they would set up for a live broadcast. You had to be there before the broadcast to do sound checks and so on. You definitely could not just walk in to the backstage of the City Hall Theatre and expect to plug in and play. No, that all had to be pre-tested and, and, and tried out so that there would be no hitches. Yeah. Do you have any memorable stories uh, that you can share with us of Uncle Ray? Well, yeah, he he actually scolded me once when uh, and and not that long ago, maybe maybe thirty years ago, because I I was called upon to to stand in for him once in a while. Um, I did several years in a row when he took his annual holiday, which was usually based around his birthday on the twelfth of the twelfth. December 12th, That's right. he would take a week off and I would stand in. And, you know, I had never realized, and he, he didn't really promote the fact that all the way with Ray had a special meaning. The meaning which was when it started at 10 o'clock, it would start with the the 60s, the, the Beatles era, and the all the way was it would go all the way back to the 40s and 30s with the jazz that he played after midnight. Uh, yeah, Uncle and Ray was very particular with the with the was. music that he played and, and also the, the era it was. Yeah, I mean, w exactly. you grew up with his music. You didn't know? I didn't know that that was his concept, and when I sat in for him on air, I should stick to that concept. So he called me and said, Anders, what are you doing? Why are you playing this song at this hour? I said, well, Ray, is, is there something wrong? He said, yes, it's all the way with Ray. It goes from 60s, 50s, 40s. And, oh, <laughs> I had no idea that there was a... A strict timeline. <laughs> Apart from that, no, he was he was you know he was a perfect gentleman, a bit grumpy at times, like all you know as he got older. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't have any, certainly don't have any unpleasant memories. Um, you know, as mm -hmm. I said, always the perfect gentleman, always willing to help. And finally, Anders, what do you think um, Uncle Ray's legacy is that after so many years in this industry, what do you think he's left us with? What do you think his legacy is? 
Well, I think it's it's summed up in his, you know, Guinness Book of Records award of being. Actually, it doesn't say the longest working. I know that's been in the papers lately. I think the official thing they named him was most the world's durable. most durable You're DJ. Right. That's right. And yeah. thanks to the internet, I know that people listen in Toronto, in Vancouver, in Amsterdam, in, in San Francisco, all the places where there are Hong Kong people. People always tuned in. Uh, I know so many uh, housewives, for example, and then working men also Students, who would tune into the radio. Yeah. Of course, if it was in New York or, or on the East Coast of America, it would be uh, lunchtime rather than evening time. But still, you know, tuning into the oldies and, and clinging to that Hong Kong connection, which he was. He was he he gradually became an uncle to all of us, not just musicians. Yeah, well said, Anders. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing so mm. many precious memories with, with our you. listeners. We really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you so much, Anders. Thank you, Noreen.